The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt down before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, thou shalt not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he replied and said to him, teacher, All of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, We have given up everything and followed you. And Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, there is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. The Gospel of the Lord.
When I was in high school, in orchestra, the concert mistress was a girl who really wanted to be a truly great violinist. She practiced constantly. She worked at it. She sacrificed other things just for that. And she did. She became a very fine violinist. I just wanted to play the violin, as most of us did. We had no great ambition, and we didn't really go anywhere with it. We enjoyed it. We became nothing particularly great. That's how it is, isn't it, often? The people who will succeed in a certain aspect of life will succeed because they're willing to make sacrifices that other people are not willing to make. They are willing to study harder, perhaps, practice longer, exercise more consistently, put more time in, whatever it might be. And so somehow, they are able to accomplish something that others do not accomplish. That's also true in the spiritual life. Except the spiritual life isn't an option. We are all called to perfection in that. It doesn't depend upon natural gifts or physical strength. Today's gospel is about such a person. We've heard this gospel many times. A young man runs up to him. He's enthusiastic. He kneels down in front of him and says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Our Lord is not about to be flattered, though. This man doesn't really know who he is. He doesn't know that he is the Son of God as well as the Son of Man. So our Lord confronts him. Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. And then he simply tells him, you know the commandments, and then lists them for him. This young man has been very proud of himself. He comes realizing that he's led a virtuous life, and rather excited about his virtue, and expects to be rewarded for that virtue as he sees it. And he says, teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. All of these. Our Lord, however, knows him as he knows you and as he knows me. He knows what's lacking. He knows what he's holding on to. Something he wants for his own that he was not willing to give. And not willing to give up either. But this young man never examined himself to actually discover that. Sometimes we don't either, do we? Maybe someone else tells us or something will happen to make us realize that we are in fact holding on to something for ourselves and for its own sake. Our Lord then can say to him, but notice what it says in the gospel. 
Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, this young man had a potential, real potential, perhaps more than most. You are lacking in one thing, only one thing, only one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. He's calling him to be a disciple. This one thing, your possessions. And we are told that his face fell and he went away sad. He wanted to be a disciple and he's sad that he can't be, but he won't give up what he has for that reason. I suppose that's the way it is. And we do put certain qualifications on our love and on our discipleship. Our Lord then takes the opportunity to speak about wealth. And remember in their minds, as we know, wealth was a sign of election. If you were wealthy, it meant that God had blessed you. God was looking favorably upon you. Our Lord tells them how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And they're amazed. And he even emphasizes it by saying it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Notice their question. Then who can be saved? The wealthy can't. Who can? Have you noticed since the very beginning of the, of the church that poverty has been something that has been extolled, not for its own sake. When you consider the lives of the desert fathers, generally speaking, the great saints, There's an element of poverty in all those lives, sometimes physical poverty, and sometimes it's a poverty of spirit, depending upon their state in life. Now, our Lord says, for human beings, it is impossible, but not for God. But then Peter wants to know what's in it for them. If we have given up all this, what do we get? Our Lord tells them what they will get. He promises them the church. You will receive a hundred times more than in present age. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. With persecution and eternal life in the age to come. Oh, all right. So we are all called to something extra. To something beyond what we want to give. We simply have to accept it. But you know, the Lord continues to ask us to empty ourselves. And when we come here... In particular, he asks us to do that. When we come to the Eucharist, we can come with nothing of our own. We can come with only what he wishes to give us. Some years ago, I mentioned a poem by a man named George MacDonald entitled Obedience, in which... The poet is arguing with God about what he's expected to do. He has his own ideas about what life ought to be, and God is calling him to something greater. And so he says, I said, let me go to the fields. He said, no, go to the town. I said, there are no flowers there. He said, no flowers, but a crown. I said, but the skies are dark. There is nothing but noise and din. He wept as he sent me back. There is more, he said, 
there is sin. I said, but the air is thick and fogs are veiling the sun. He answered, yet souls are sick and the souls in the darkness undone. I said, I shall miss the light and friends will miss me, they say. He answered, choose tonight if I am to miss you or they. I pleaded for time to be given He said, is it hard to decide? It will not seem hard in heaven to have followed the steps of your guide. I cast one look at the fields, then set my face to the town. He said, my child, do you yield? Will you leave the flowers for a crown? Then into his hand went mine, and into my heart came he. And I walk in a light divine, the path that I feared to see. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, her members will always respond to the call of God to discipleship, for the healing and strengthening of the Church in our own country. We pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, they will listen to the prophets calling them to perfection. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, for those who experience depression or despair, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. For greater respect for human life in this month, for life in the womb, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will give up everything to follow the Lord, for a greater reverence for the sacrifices in marriage and a single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that having abandoned everything themselves, may they, they may then proclaim the kingdom to others. We pray to the Lord. Lord For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. Amen. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. For all those who have been harmed by Hurricane Michael, for their sustenance and their relief, we pray to the Lord. For our parish, we will continue to grow in God's grace and be visible signs of the kingdom of God on earth. We pray to the Lord. Lord, And for all of us here, we will respond to the call of God as it is made known to us. We pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Lord as we sing. (laughs) 